Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The ensuing show will change, transform, and otherwise alter you. Good luck. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Uh, today, we are opening up another, you hear that? It's not a drink. It is a drink that I'm holding, but the sound effect- We're opening up another ice and glass. Yeah, ice and glass, not to be confused with wizard and glass, but not to be confused with Bag of Bones, our book episode of Bag of Bones that we did earlier this month, two-parter. But if you've uh, been listening to the Losers Club, you know that the Bag of Bones episodes are special because uh, they are our mailbag episodes, they are Q&A, and they are specific to, uh, the questions are specific to our patrons. Uh, they are all uh, patron submitted. And right now we are actually recording this episode live in front of our mature patrons. And they're going to be here to ask their questions. But we got to go around and introduce our cadet. Uh, I am Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman. Uh, I am just 45 minutes removed from being on one of the longest flights I've ever had in my life. Uh, but I am wired. I'm a little tired, but I am just absolutely excited to be talking about uh, all things Stephen King. But who is here with me? Is there a rock and roller in the house? <laughs> I'm rocking. It's Rock and Randall. And I just took this photo of my cat who is laying right by my feet. So that's what my Aww. cat is doing right now. She is a huge fluffy belly. It's like a shower, uh, anyways, like a lo- like a loofah. Yeah, I would wash with my cat if possible. Um, thank you all for visiting our uh, uh, Mellow Tiger Happy Hours. Yeah, fun. this is good. We're all, as you, you know, as we like to do at the Losers Club, we like to envision that we're at certain locations, right? Uh, so, you know, feel that hardwood floor. Um, say hi to Jackie Torrance in the corner. Uh, you know, we're here at the Mellow Tiger. Yeah, but uh, who else is here at the Mellow Tiger? Coming in from the saloon doors, very tall. Um, I believe... Uh, is that Justin Gerber? Oh, it is indeed. This is Justin Juniper Hill A. Gerber. The A does not stand for Alan. It stands for um, Asylum. And I am thrilled to be here. I am not coming off of a, a the longest flight of my life. and But I have been definitely laying around for the last 48 hours. So I'm ready to be engaged in something. Nice, nice to hear. Nice to know. Uh, that's good to know. Well, uh, coming in from Nashville, Tennessee, who's out there? Hey, this is Jen to the Rage Adams, and I am coming off of like a billion hours of work, and I have a house full of football watchers and kids, so I my brain is all over the place. And I apologize if you hear any errant noises. Oh, who's well, winning the game, Jen? Loud. Um, I am winning my fantasy league, which is <laughs> nice. all that really matters, and the Titans won. So hooray! What if you hey. get it? What do you get if you win? Do you get money? Um, we, yeah, I do get money. Yeah. And I get um, a crown and I get to shame everyone on my block now. I like oh, that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How Very many birthday good. parties are you coming off of, uh, by the way? Oh, God, like five. Five? 
but I ate a big piece of birthday cake for lunch and probably going to eat one for dinner too. So oh, yeah, nice. it's been like birthday palooza around here and I, yeah. I need a big old nap. <laughs> well, hopefully we, you we get just one. said Lala Palooza a month ago. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. They I've, copied my name. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh journey played the, the, oh, yeah? the, the band journey uh, played Lala Palooza. How about that? Yeah, Aww. finally. Well, look, we have one more member. I stopped believing. I'm you did. And look, did. you know, the Grant Park, they became believers. Um, but, uh, and hopefully, in addition to being believers, I hope they are readers uh, because we are a catet of constant readers, aren't we? Uh, and joining us in this catet, how about that seg? I mean, come on. Oh, nice. that, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> that was good. Uh, to be right. fair, Jonathan Kane is the keyboardist in Journey. Kane rose up. Oh, oh yeah. there we go. That's great. Does it spell yeah. the same? Uh, what They're is both it? evil people, so oh, it probably makes sense. Hey, how about this? The lead <laughs> singer, the former lead singer of uh, Journey, actually two of them, Steve, as in, you know, right. the author Stephen King. King. Yeah, ah, how about that? Yeah, well, yeah. look, we go. we're not the only ones that talk and pod about Stephen King. Uh, how about that seg also? That's too bad again. Uh, mm. Deanna, please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Deanna Chapman. I host Chat Cemetery, which some of you may have heard of. If you haven't, that's cool, too. But I am just coming off of getting caught up on everything Stephen King. I'm caught up with the books, the wow. fiction books anyway, and yeah. I'm caught up with all of the adaptations as well. And I am tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is that is an exclusive club. Um, Does that include the sequels to the adaptations like The Mangler Reborn? <laughs> I did do that one. You uh, did? Like, yeah. Oh, oh my wow. God. That's what I like to hear. All right. <laughs> I this stopped is... after Children of the Corn 3, though. That was my limit. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Beyond 3 either. So. I don't think we have either, because when we went when we were doing the Lobstrosities, I think the last one we did was Urban Harvest. So, you know, it yeah. makes sense. We'll do, the, we'll do them all eventually. We will. Yeah. You know, especially the one that stars Stephen King, um, as we joked on our Twitter. <laughs> and uh, people believed <laughs> us went, for some reason. Viral. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in corn town. Well, although Jen did admit that she believed that tweet um, coming from I her did. Own I bought media. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, a, that was a total meme that I absolutely backfired. And I remember like having a meltdown in a Japanese restaurant. Just being, absolutely like, you know, backfire. Yeah. Well, it was hilarious. Deanna, it was hilarious. so, you know, with uh, with Chat Cemetery, tell us the origins of this. Like, what, what where did you start this podcast and, um, you know, your origin with Stephen King also? Yeah. So I had actually done an episode on the Shawshank Redemption for my other podcast, Welcome to Geekdom, which I had started about two years before starting Chat Cemetery. And when I was growing up in Orange County, my mom had bought up through Wizard and Glass in mass market paperbacks, and they were just on a shelf outside my bedroom door. So I mm. walked by them all the time. And I was like, <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to read all of these. And you did. And I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I knew she didn't have them all too. So then, you know, now it's just like a hodgepodge of, oh, I found this one for 10 cents at a library bookstore or something and it's beat up. And yeah, from there, I had read like Cell, The Green Mile, and The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. I think those were like the first three I had read. Someone gifted me Cell. I don't think they knew how bad it was at the time, but that's okay. It's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a rough yeah. one. Uh, Justin, you read that one, right? Or did Which you? Which one? Cell. You know what? Cell is going to be brought up in this bag of bones. Uh -oh. As a matter of fact. Oh, uh, okay. Needless to say, I have definitely read Cell. Hey, fun okay. fact. I saw 
I was the boy who saw Tom Gordon's the boy who loved. Wait, that doesn't make sense. All right. Long story short, I saw Tom Gordon's son because he plays baseball, and I went to a Cubs game, and his and Tom Gordon's son plays for the Minnesota Twins. So I oh. saw his son, and you that? took a photo of it with yourself. I screamed, Lo- "I love Stephen King!" And he said, "Remove this man from the ballpark." Exactly. Oh. Uh, well, uh, Deanna, I, I will say, um, you know, congratulations. For Thank completing you. your journey, um, it's a very exclusive club. Um, I'm not a member of that. Uh, Jen is a member of it. Randall, you're a member of it, right? You've you've read no, it. All? I've not read oh. Cell. You've not read Cell. Oh, really? oh okay, oh, so that's wow. a blind spot. That's one of my blind spots. What a loser! Yeah, Justin, have you have you read everything? Or? I feel like I've read everything through about 2012, maybe. Except I have not read from a Buick Eight nor Duma Key. Okay, to that period. They're both good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Eh, I know Keys. Mike likes Duma Key a lot. Yeah, I gotta eh, get to it. you know, snooze fest for me. But uh, I'm a Duma. We'll, we'll I'm a Duma it. head. I yeah. like Duma. Buick Eight um, can drive. I love Buick. Can drive off. Well, can drive off. I'm excited to revisit it. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, <laughs> Jen, you have been on Chat Cemetery, and in fact, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were on 1122, which is a book that we haven't actually reached yet, and probably won't until I think probably another four or five years. But um, so, you know, if you want some thoughts on one of our losers uh, talking about the book, you can check out that episode uh, over yeah, at Chat Cemetery. When you are going through these books, you know, you lean a lot on guests, right? So how did you yeah. how did you make sure to kind of match with all these guests like throughout this journey? Because that seems a little uh, intimidating <laughs> to match someone with all these, you know, titles and whether they're movies or books. Yeah, as Jen has seen, I have a massive spreadsheet that is organized and filtered. Bryant has seen it as well. And what I did was I had at the beginning five or six people who I knew would want to be on anytime, all the time. And that's kind of what it started as. It was just me and a handful of friends who also loved King and they were kind of just rotating through. And then I want to say sometime last year, I opened it up to anyone on Twitter who was interested pretty much. And that's how I got in touch with Jen. I got in touch with Prince Jackson, who's also part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, Zena Dixon as well. I just did an episode with her. And I should say, despite the fact that I am done watching and reading the stuff for the most part, I backlogged like three and a half months of episodes. So (laughs) holy shit, I only have like two more to record and then that'll get me through the middle of January, I want to say. Yeah, I went all out. I was like, I'm I'm so close. (laughs) God almighty. I knew it was the dream. I know. You know, like something cataclysmic is going to happen in the next month and then all your episodes will be like, why didn't they talk about that? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, Uh, that's my luck. Sorry. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, that that is true. I mean, imagine if... uh, well, if a meteor hit us, we wouldn't have to worry about it. You know, um, wasn't there wasn't there something in the news recently? Yeah, about near miss. Yeah, near miss. How about that? Yes. Well, um, if some if one thing survives the pandemic or not pandemic, uh, but survives a meteor, it'll be podcasts. That's so. true. That's, that's true. right. That's we true. are the Good cockroaches call. of media, right? That's uh, right. That's well, right. Deanna, I get if, paid to work on a bunch, so I hope so. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Well, they do sound great. I will say they uh, just incredibly crisp mm. and really professional. It just sounds awesome. Um, for you, if so, you were, to- it's a recession proof product yeah it really is <laughs> yeah uh, well, as we, there always be recordings yeah. hey as we learned in, it's a p- pandemic proof uh, product as well uh, as we learned last year because um True. we used to all meet in person and uh, i don't think i think the last time we did a podcast in person was sleepwalkers 
or maybe it was the no, theme park. No, I want to do them again. I miss it. I know. It. I, do, I do miss it, but, you know. You just got to find a nice professional recording studio that will give it to us for free. I know. And then you got to all it. moved to Nashville. That is true. That's so. true. Yeah. That's, it's, you know, fun fact. Haven't even met Jen in real life. Um, That's true. So yeah, same. wild. <laughs> uh, I could have been dead for 10 years this whole time. Well, so Avatar. <laughs> so, Simone or Simone. Whatever <laughs> so now that you're all done and you've moved on uh, from King's Dominion in terms of, um, you know, the newness, uh, are you going to go back and reread all, all of it again? Because I know Jen has done that a couple of times. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. I do have a few things. Like I didn't reread The Shining for the podcast, which I kind of regret. That's the only book I didn't read during the process of the podcast. Mm. And because my mom had bought the books when they were first coming out, she had the edited version of The Stand that's only like 800 pages instead of mm. many more. So I bought the uncut, unabridged, whatever you want to call it, copy. And that one I'll probably go revisit. But I'm sure, as you can all see here, I do have lots of other books, too, <laughs> that are waiting to be read. <laughs> so I might take a little bit of a break. I'll probably take a break until around the time I'm caught up with episodes because then I know the next Gwendy's book is coming in February and I do want to read the nonfiction. I've read on writing before, but I want to revisit that, read mm -hmm. Dance Macabre and a couple other things. I have like his very strange gargoyle coffee table book I've been looking everywhere for that book. I, we have an episode on yeah, it. Yeah, Nightmares yeah. in the Sky. It's a Patreon yeah. exclusive. I uh, yeah, the two Dan's went through it, and I I went through six bookstores in Durango. I was at this over this weekend, trying to find this because I've, I've <laughs> I remember seeing it in bookstores a long time ago, but I just you know. Yeah. You I think I picked lose. it up online somewhere, like thrift yeah, books or it. something. Happened to have it, and yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Those well, sound too scary to me. Nightmares in the Sky. I mean. No thanks. A little too scary. Yeah, yeah. You like dreamscapes in this guy? Is that is that is that what it is? Yeah, I like, yeah. I like them to be exclusive. You know, nightmares yeah. and dreamscapes. Oh, how about that? You know, and that's a reference to uh, the Stephen King book, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Um, mm. It's a, it's a nightmare to read some of that stuff in that book. Am I right? It really is. You know, um, love that head down though. You know, it's it's definitely love a fan favorite of our uh, our episodes for sure. Um, love head down. Well, uh, look, love I have baseball. <laughs> baseball. I love great. the game. You know, well, we got a game that we're going to be playing, and uh, no, it's not one from Jigsaw. It's uh, one from um, <laughs> the Stephen King variety, uh, the Bag of Bones, as we call it. It's the Mailbag Q&A. Uh, and Deanna, I got to say, you might be the most ready uh, uh, guest that we've had uh, for this because you've literally covered all of King's Dominion. So I'm really interested to see what your, uh, your answer is going to be for this. Um, we've got 11 questions, 11. Hey, how about that? One of my favorite characters in Netflix's Stranger Things, which is coming back next year. Still haven't given us a date for the season four, despite their stupid to dumb event, but you know, look, I digress. Cobra Kai is coming out, I think, uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming it'll be in the spring or the summer, right? It's probably gonna be the spring. Yeah. I'm gonna be reunited with my boy, Steve Harrington, sometime while everyone's hitting the waves, you know, for spring break. Um, you know. <laughs> well, I think it's good to have a show come on every three and a half years. I, I do too. Yeah. To keep the momentum going. Well, Absence you mentioned- makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> that's true, but I remember what the hell happened. I remember she moved away at the end of season three. That's all I remember. Who's dead, who's alive, who knows? Yeah, I know. I well, know. you know, it's uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, just as it's been a long journey for all of us through King's Dominion. So um, <laughs> let's let's start with the top. Love these transitions. Um, I know, they're just, just the clumsiest <laughs> transitions ever. I'm fucking band-aiding it with like Snoopy band-aids right now. Um, I blame myself. 
Yeah, I do. Well, it's a great line from Ghostbusters. Hey, by the way, uh, if you're uh, feeling a chill in the air and you're feeling some slime in your shoulder, just know that Sony Pictures is releasing Ghostbusters Afterlife. What the fuck are you doing? November 15th. Pay us, All right, they paid us a chunk of change. I'd love it if we had that Sony money, but we oh don't. Oh my God. Because so, hey, you, know, you know, if we had the Sony money, I'd be more than happy to say that Venom, Let There Be Carnage is coming out this Friday <laughs> in your local movie theaters. I'm Enjoy glad it. you mentioned that because uh, also coming uh, to, to theaters is, um, hey, do you hear a little crinkling? Maybe some fall leaves in the air. Hey, what's that person behind the tree over there? Well, I'm glad you asked. That is Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> ah. Halloween Kills coming soon to theaters October 15th via Universal Pictures. Thank you, uh, Universal. Thank you, Blumhouse. <laughs> uh, let's get into this bag of bones. Deanna, are you having fun? Isn't this just a fucking nightmare of, uh, it's amazing. of, of unpredictability? Hey, no more okay. discussions about nightmares. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get into a dreamscape. Finally, uh, bag of bones. Our first question is from Luke. Luke asks, which Stephen King protagonist do you think has the most wasted potential? Are there any protagonists you love that are let down by their book? Justo, I'm kicking it to you first. Um, I know I'm a broken record. I feel like I've been talking about this for almost four years. I think Danny Torrance is wasted in Dr. Sleep, the novel. I'm much more interested in the first 70, 80 pages of his recovery and working at that home and dealing with the ghost from his, the literal ghost from his past. And I am with, you know, Rose the Hat and Abra and Danny's, you know, or Jack's blah, 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 blah. Now, granted, the book does a better job with Rose the Hat. This is a separate thing. I'm talking about the novel, Dr. Sleep. So I mm -hmm. think that that was a wasted opportunity. That's my, that's my answer. Well, hey, that's fair. Who do you, uh, how about the second part of that question, which is, uh, are there any protagonists that you love? That are let down by the book. Um, which I think, is, uh, I, yeah, I think Abra it, from Doctor Sleep. I think. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, yeah. Protagonist. You know what? Honestly, I like Guard a lot from Tommy Knockers, and he kind of just disappears halfway through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tommy Knockers, and I think that. Then why didn't you back me up on the Tommy Knockers? <laughs> I told you <laughs> I liked. I, like, I liked Guard. Guillotined. Let me once again give you my analogy here. <laughs> no, once no. again, let's say you go out to a great dinner, right? And they give you the appetizer. And the appetizer just looks like amazing. I don't know, something that everybody likes to eat, right? And you're like, this is great. I'm really enjoying this appetizer. But then they give you the, the main course and it's just a pile of shit. <laughs> you know what you could that. you wouldn't be able to go home and say, Oh, I loved the I loved my meal. No, no. because it was ruined by the, the entree. It was ruined. Well, I you disagree. would disagree. I mean, hey, I will I say, you, Justo, I'm you would be able to love your meal if you get those ooh sizzling baby back ribs available now from yes, yes. Chili's for a limited time only. You can get two for one out. Uh, anyway, here we go. Uh, Deanna, what protagonist has the most wasted potential? And are there any protagonists you love that are let down by the book? So for the first part, I think we already mentioned Cell and how disappointing mm -hmm. that is. Mm, but yeah. I do think Clayton could have been a more interesting character and because of the way that book goes from start to finish he just never really gets that chance and i wouldn't say he's a protagonist i love either but i do think the book also lets him down and this one might be a little more controversial but i really do love charlie from firestarter and i think you know that book definitely does some letting down for mm -hmm. that child. Uh, may, uh, Jen, are, Jen, are you okay? I, was I don't say, have Jen, any thoughts about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jen's digging the nails into her arm right now. <laughs> oh no, I actually completely agree. That's yeah, my yeah. answer to the second one because oh. I love I love Charlie's story in that book and I feel like everything else is just too problematic for me to like defend, you know? So it's really frustrating. 
you know. So is that your first uh, part also, or is your second um, part? It- yeah, that's my second part. My first one is uh, Ben Mears because. God damn it, wanna. that's mine also. But <laughs> you 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 want to go over Ben Mears, or you do you wanna? Yeah, I mean, well, okay. I also um someone in the chat said uh, Nadine, which I think is also mm. a very a very valid point. Like, and Rosie from Rose Matter, like her book, it's the same thing with Charlie. It's like I really want to connect with her story, and I really want to recommend that book to people, and it's just hard to because I feel like there are things that I have big problems with. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fair. That's Randall. Um, for, I guess for the first part of the question, which is, um, like who has the wasted potential, mm-hmm. I guess I'd say probably Barbie from under the dome. I just like under mm. the domes, probably one of my favorite King books, um, like ever. And the thing about Bart, it's like, I love that book, but I don't remember Barbie at all. I remember like all the other characters. So I think that that's a protagonist who never really came into his own character, at least from what I remember. And then as for one that I like, that I feel like wasn't, um, uh, that was sort of let down by their book was Johnny Marinville from Desperation, who I think is a really interesting character. Mm. I just don't feel like the shape of his arc. And I think we talked about this in the episode. It's like, I kind of like where he begins and where he ends up, but I don't know if I fully buy like the, like the connective tissue between the two. Um, and we talk about that in the mini series episode too, because the shift in Tom scared is like so comical because mm-hmm. uh, it's so fast. And I think that's just a symptom of the book and that the arc isn't quite there. So those are my answers. Well, God, mine... I hate critics. Is that the one? <laughs> is that the one? Yeah. Uh, God. Well, I, 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 you know, as I mentioned, it, it is Ben Mears for me. I think this is honestly King's weakest protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, you know, it's been four or five years since I've read the book, but for, I recall just saying that he felt like a conduit for narrative. You know, he's just like kind of devoid of emotion. And, you know, you think about like Susan's death and, or like the connection to his hometown and it's just not really much there. Like he mm-hmm. kind of just keeps going and going into the next beat, um, which is kind of interesting too, because you think like, Ben Mears is technically King's first like male protagonist, like because it's if you, especially if you're looking at like chronologically in his works, yeah. um, and I think that there's a lot to unpack there. Just actually, as I was writing this, I was thinking about it, thinking like, well, all right, so what is what does Ben Mears mean to him? What we discussed on that episode is that like he's this idyllic, you know, author. This is the blockbuster author that King wants to be, but it's also King is or you know Mears is coming home. And like King technically never really left. So it's almost like this idyllic, um, you know, Springsteen vision for himself of like, oh, here's a guy that got to be a successful writer and you know, he's coming home. So in that respect, I think Ben Mears can be kind of interesting, but when you like read him, no, it's just like, get him out of here. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't put Scott Landon in there or something like that. But um, <laughs> And speaking of which, that's my second answer is, uh, you know, for a, a protagonist that's let down by the book, I unpack, I'm not gonna unpack it in here like I did just now for Ben, but. Um, I think Lisey Landon is definitely um, one that could stand, we could stand to learn more from um, because, you know, despite it being called Lisey's story, I think that was the joke in our episode. I don't really know much about Lisey. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, you know, I was on an episode, but I think the, 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 the title is because this is the story mm-hmm. that, that Scott gives to Lisey. So it's Lisey's story. Like it's only hers. No, I know that. I'm just saying, it's just funny that that's the title. And I feel like that's, we still don't really know much about her. It is really just Scott's story in the end. But um, anyway, I digress. Let's move on to two. Anthony, Stoker, Jen, why don't you read this next question? 
All right. I love this question. There's been a Carrie musical, a play of misery, even a Dolores Claiborne opera, which I would love to see. Which King work would you like to see adapted for the stage? Are you picturing a big, splashy musical, an intimate play? Hmm. Why don't you kick it off? <laughs> well, okay. I am a sucker for musical part. theater. I love it. Um, I I want Needful Things, the musical. Like I'm imagining like um, Les Mis, like some big yeah. grand, like one day more uh, story where everybody starts singing their lines and it weaves together and then there's murders and everything. And like imagine the Nettie and Wilma Jerzyk number and like all the choreography and like the blood spatter. It would be so cool. It would it would be like confrontation from Les Mis. Are up, you know, yes, for those awesome. musical fans out there. Yeah. Oh, yes, it would be amazing. We could get like a big revolving stage, and then like the awning could like drape across as every sorry, I'll just well, reenact all of Les Mis. Well, it's <laughs> funny you go into this extravagant play. I actually would go minimal because I actually feel I could I could see like Caffrey or Randall um adapting this for I think the mist would be a really good stage adaptation, you know, like something like a uh, 12 Angry Men. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of have to really lean on the dialogue, but I really think it could work. You know, you don't really have to show the monsters. I mean, maybe you can have some guy come out with like a, you know, <laughs> a tentacle some, or whatever. Some paper mache tentacles. Yeah, exactly. Out. You know, um, but I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Randall? Do you think you would be able to adapt it into a play? I'd be into doing the mist. I uh, love the mist, but the ver I guess I was thinking, I started, I thought of two different one man shows. Mm -hmm. I think like there's actually something like rage, uh, like could have been a cool one-man show i mean like especially if like it was rewritten for now and you use some of the themes in that and maybe sort of i don't know although how do you do like how do you do stuff about school shooting nowadays like it's it's like very you know tricky but i think it'd be interesting and i think it lends itself to the one-man show format but i was also i think the more interesting idea that i liked was uh i thought about the outsider but from the perspective of the outsider mm. uh, like a one-man show in that regard i think that could be kind of cool yeah so. uh i've been an be outsider like for as long as i can remember <laughs> 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 what was the what was the one-man show thing from snl with the Fred the tommy yeah, the tommy palmese half Palmisi, italian half italian half jewish completely neurotic completely neurotic uh god uh justin what about you you've adapted um, plays yourself by the way and, sure uh, i would never have the the gall to do this this would be a challenge i feel like it would be very minimal in terms of the production values as long as there were six different treadmills built into the stage ah. and you would do the long walk <laughs> oh my god as, yeah. as, a, as a play as like an hour as an hour play um, like that'd be quite the endurance test for the actors you know obviously if they slipped you know it'd be a very interesting uh, <laughs> play over it also yeah, play over oh my like, god <laughs> but to, to be fair though the pressure would be on the actors as much as it would be you know on the characters that they're portraying mm. yeah so that would be mine um the the uh the long walk it would like be just, quite the technical achievement just see you in the corners like, oh, keep, keep keep going keep going keep, keep going, going keep going keep you know, faster like, get him a faster, faster get him a bandage and some ice uh Deanna what do you uh what are you taking to the stage I'm not a big musical or play person, admittedly, but the first thing I thought of was a basically Chicago version of Shawshank. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's the I sisters. That. Yes, I see this. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus Christ. Uh, I could see that happening. You know, just even like rereading it again um, for the Long Watch episode, I 
you could see that as being like a really strong play. Like it would really work. I mean, cause there's only like three locations in the entire thing anyway. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. That would be interesting. I, I'm surprised no one's really done that yet. I wonder if there, there's gotta be some like high school production or something like that where someone's done it. Or they just totally I would kill to see like, yeah. like a, a seventh grade or eighth grade yeah. production of the Shawshank Redemption. Kind of like what they did with the, the alien play like years yes. ago. That'd be amazing. I'm sure it'll be in the next season of Riverdale. Don't worry. Oh, I hope oh, that'd be great. We, we don't, covered don't that say it three times. God. Uh, oh. uh, Randall, won't you uh, ask this next question? Yeah, sure. Question three, Nick asks, if a short story collection honoring King was made similar to Shadow Show and He is Legend, where various authors contributed stories that pay tribute to Ray Bradbury and Richard Matheson, respectively, which author would you choose to contribute a story to King's anthology? Someone that isn't his kid. Good, uh, <laughs> good addition. Ooh. I would say uh, the New Zealand author, uh, Bentley Little, um, mm. who I think is is kind of a contemporary, one of the most, I think, relevant contemporaries of King. He writes, uh, you know, he writes, although his stuff feels a little bit more carbon copied, like more R.L. Steinish than um, King, I think, in that his material is more similar than King's material because King's stuff is always so different, which is what makes him so interesting. And, um, but Bentley Little writes really good horror stories that are built around really simple premises. And um, I think he could write a really fun short that would honor King because he's very obviously very influenced by him. And I, I'm pretty sure they're like buddies. I know King's like blurbed yeah. on a bunch of his books. So Nice, yeah. nice. I have a question about these anthologies. I'm not that familiar with Shadow Show and He Is Legend. And by not that familiar, I mean at all. Mm. Are these so are these collections, are these stories that authors had already written that they that they were influenced by, or were they specifically written for these collections? I have no idea. I mean, I imagine that they were written for um the collection. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's you know various stories that they probably collected that you know, from authors that they wanted to get, maybe some blockbuster mm. authors are like, yeah, yeah, this works. Um, I'd like to imagine that they were all prompted and they're like, okay, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> Matheson. I got Matheson on the mind. Um, but, th and that's kind of how I, I took the prompt for this, but um, I'll hold my, uh, Justin, what about you? What, what are some authors that you had? In mind? Well, if it was a case of people who have just been around and are specifically writing a short story for this collection, I would say somebody like Nick Cutter, Mm, Who does? I don't think yeah. he's really any short stories, but you, know, you look at the troop, which is definitely influenced um, by the king, by the king, by the king mm -hmm. himself. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as we all know, over the last what seven years, King is obsessed with with crime. Yep. And he loves Don Winslow. So we're bring in Don Winslow. <laughs> Just get he, all the boys in get there. Get all the boys in here. He's got, um, well, Don Winslow actually does have a, a short story collection out called Broken. And I'm sure there's something in there. He could be like, eh, take this one for Steve. <laughs> it's like an episode. So, side. Yeah, there you go. That, those are my, those would be my two suggestions, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deanna. Nick, I hope we are, are close to what. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says mostly originals. So yeah, mm. I think we're, we're good. Oh, we're definitely good. Okay. Okay. Uh, Deanna, who, who are you uh, adding to this collection? One of the first people that came to mind for me was actually Scott Snyder. I know they've worked together on American Vampire, and I know he actually, before mm. getting into comics, was into writing prose and stuff like that. So I would love to see him return to do a story for this sort of collection. And another person I thought of was Paul Tremblay, just because I've enjoyed yeah. uh, his go. stuff too. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Mm -hmm. um yeah i put like on uh, my his twitter pals um yeah <laughs> and i feel like that's one of them uh for sure uh jen 
Um, I said Grady Hendrix, and uh -huh. the reason is because I'm reading, well, first of all, um, his paperbacks from hell, I feel like he really kind of really enjoys a lot of the pulp stuff, so I think he kind of gets the spirit of some of his earlier stuff. And then I'm also reading the Final Girl support group right now, and just the way that he is weaving the stories of all of these classic slasher franchises into a narrative that works without, like, with, like there's a lot of reverence there. I feel like he understands the stories of this IP, but he's able to do it in a way that feels interesting and new. So I think that would be, he would be a, a natural fit for this kind of thing. Jen, do those that. books literally cover characters from slasher movies or are they made up characters from slasher movies? Are you talking about the final girl support group? Yeah. So um, they are basically like there is somebody from Panhandle Meat Hook whose name is Marilyn. Then mm. Julia has a very stab-esque storyline. So gotcha. it's essentially okay. like changing just enough, um, yeah. which sounds like it would be like shitty, but it's he does it in a really smart way. I think I'm finding it really interesting. So, Well, I kept yeah, the Halloween classics. Yeah, Halloween should cover it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. I get to the classics. Um, although I, you know, I had some guests that have been on the show. I think uh, Tanana Reeve do would be great. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I mean, King had a pull quote on her one of her um, earlier books, and I said I think uh, she would be great. I think her husband Stephen Barnes would be wonderful. Um, just a classic genre writer who's written for just a dozen shows. Um, but I think you know you could get like some big big heavyweights like Clive Barker. John Harrison, um, Anne Rice, maybe uh, Mick Garris, obviously. Um, but the you know two ones. But the Lauren two Bukas. one. Which one? Lauren Bukas. Yeah, mm. she's great. Shining Girls and yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But one, the one that I was trying like some curveballs would be um, you get like Sam Raimi to do something short, mm. you know, because it'd be kind of a really great homage because obviously his career wouldn't be here without King. I mean, he maybe he would, but I just think, you know, obviously the pull quote for both movies actually um, really helped get uh, the Evil Dead franchise going. And then, you know, John Carpenter writes stories in his comics. So he did the Tales from Halloween. So it'd be kind of cool if Carpenter did a, a story for King, um, you know, given their, for lack of a better word, fractured history um considering he was supposed to do firestarter and got christine and he still is self-deprecating about that but anyway um look we got another question and i want to say this is gonna be the first one that's uh, going to be asked by the person who wrote it mark davitt please ask your question hey guys <laughs> hi mark all right uh simple enough but i had to add a little twist to it uh so it's one of those desert island questions you are required to bring a made-for-TV King project. You can't just say, no, thanks. You got to bring <laughs> one. And uh, we're going to take it off the table because obviously you're the Losers Club. And so... Well, hold on. <laughs> oh, that was not the original question. Hold I on. like that little caveat, though. That is nice. because right, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta rush up something here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, Randall, you want to lead it off? Yeah, I mean, I mean... This is probably a boring answer, but I would say the stand because the stand rules and yeah. it's uh, even though it's like we make fun of a lot of parts of it. That's part of the joy of it. Um, I think I want to spend the rest of eternity on a desert island with the rat man is Ooh. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so you'd so. be forgiven. I would love to be died. forgiven. Yeah, I need uh, that's like my Christ when I'm on this desert island is like. <laughs> I've been forgiven by the rat man. You know? It's this like it's worn out 1994 copy that still has like a blockbuster label on it. Oh, uh, that was like, like this, the like, version oh, I used to own. I had no. a VHS that was like two tapes. It was uh, awesome. 
I believe it's it, it is Jamie Sheridan on the front, or is it just somebody in a costume that looks like? No, a, there's like it's just the red with the stand, and there's okay. like a demon in the middle of background. The a. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Deanna, you've seen all of them. What miniseries, with the exception of it, are you taken to the island? You know, this is the only question I did not write down an answer for because I was like, oh, oh, no, here we go. (laughs) But I will take one for the team. And as a Colorado resident, I will take The Shining and spend some time at the Stanley Hotel. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is that is a that is a ballsy answer, I will say. But you know, (laughs) It it is three part. It's long. It's long. So, you know, it'll it'll take some it'll it'll last you, which is good. I I want to remember. I want to say like we watched it at Max House and we ordered this like large yeah. pizza. And I remember the beginning we were like so hungry and we were like eating it. And then like by the end of the the mini series, this like the pizza had like congealed, but I was still kind of hungry because it'd been so long. And just like looking at the pizza and just like should I eat this? Like we were like grease everywhere. It's just disgusting. <laughs> Jen, <laughs> what's well, your what mini series are you taking? There's a big part of me that wants to take the new stand because oh. because of all the hotties in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually picked Mick Garris's The Shining also. Um, I, I love it's for all its flaws. Rebecca DeMornay is my favorite version of Wendy. Um, I, I, I like it. You know, I like how close it is to the, the book, um, you know. So, yeah, I'm with you, Deanna. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and Stephen I mean, Weber is a dreamboat, also. So, well, it should be noted that if you do end up taking the Shining miniseries to the island, you get full access to Cortland Mead's Instagram account, um, <laughs> which you can follow um, and see what he's doing when you're on the island. Although you can't message him, the DM doesn't work, so you can't. Please really don't do tell him what I said on the episode about. I know him. it's, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please don't, Justin. Yeah, the just- Ratman might forgive you, but he will not. <laughs> uh, Justin. Mark, but. much like the rat man, I forgive you this time <laughs> because my answer was going to be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I will say, I think probably my favorite from a critical standpoint, uh, TV movie miniseries or, or otherwise is probably um, Salem's Lot, the Toby Hooper Salem's Lot. Mm. But if I'm able to go with, uh, I don't want to say the stand, you know, but I think, you know, what, you know, what I would do, I would do Rose Red. And I'll tell you oh why. Oh my God. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I haven't seen it. Oh, so it would be I, I could just keep I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily get tired of it because I'm not I haven't seen it now. It might be very awful, which I hear it is. <laughs> but if I come up, if I come out at the point, I don't want to be bored to death immediately. Then there you go. Rose Red. You're well, I like on the desert island. <laughs> We're coming uh, up on Rose. Red. I was going to say, aren't we going that that might be next year. Um, it's soon, yeah, it, it's, you know, look. I'm the same way with Randall. I, I think we we just have a soft spot for the stand. I put the stand. I, I said that. 112263 would probably be the most enduring one and probably it's probably worth visiting just because I, like that a lot, I, I think it's a lot, so high yeah. I think I think it's like a really high quality miniseries but it's really not fun revisiting like it's I think I would get tired of it like I never really get tired of the stand miniseries and I think there's a spiritually if you think about it it would really make sense because it would be a great escape you get that end of the world feeling but I think as <laughs> yeah. as much as we made fun of the schmaltz with with Mick Harris's, you know, direction sometimes, I think it would really come in handy when you're alone <laughs> on an island and you have those scenes that like, you know, like, hey, I'm in this or, you know, like, um, you know, when they're at the, you know, doing the, you know, the, the minutes and they're all hugging and the, the, you know, they get the hallmark light and everything and Snuffy Walden Stork score comes in and, you know, I think it would, it would, it would do wonders for me when I'm on the island. I will say uh, walking around Durango 
in which was a small town out in Colorado. I had to go to a wedding this weekend. I was so I'm such a fucking loser that I'm walking around like listening to the stand score over and over again, Snuffy Walden score, just like over and over again. And like I like there was like one that was like for um like the Nick Andrews scene or whatever. And I was texting Caffrey and I was like, oh God, it feels like such a loser. Cause I was like standing in the stacks in like one of the bookstores and like one of the cues comes in when like one of the characters comes in on the show and like the bookkeeper came around the corner and I was like, all right, this is getting ridiculous. And so I like <laughs> finally turned it off, but. Did he have a heavy man accent? He didn't know. Unfortunately he had a. Hey, uh, a lot of people in the lot. chat are saying storm of the century, which I think is a good answer. And yeah. I just haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it first came out. We're revisiting it yeah. uh, in October. I'm looking forward uh, that's to revisiting be like, this. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be like our Halloween episode is our stand um, is our storm of the century uh, yeah. discussion, which we, are you going to read? I have the uh, screenplay. Um, no, like no, it's, yeah. it's, it's literally just a screenplay. It's not like okay. it's a novelization along. or anything. Yeah. I will read along. Yeah. Different. <laughs> It's very wordy. Uh, well, look, we had we go from Mark to Matt, as in Matt Morris. Ask your question, and uh, maybe you could add a little caveat also to it. Okay, <laughs> which Stephen King short story do you wish would have been worked into a full length novel? Hmm. Okay. Okay. Or a novella. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, Interesting. Oh, I like that. I mean, All right. Changes it everything. It changes it does. Okay, uh, Jen, you go first. Um, Okay, so this was a really hard one for me because I think what I love about his short stories is that he doesn't get lost in the concept and that they are exactly what they need to be most of the time. Um, But I thought either, I think Mrs. Todd's shortcut, I think is what I have to choose. That's one of my favorite short stories. And I'm not a huge tower head, but I think that would be a version of um, the tower, like kind of fantasy element that I would really enjoy because I get to go with Mrs. Todd. So I like that. Yeah. Um, Justin, can you go? I think that there was enough story in in, N. Now I say (laughs) that in the the letter N. Oh, yes. That was my Um, second choice. (laughs) Yeah, that that could have been expanded into a novel. It's pretty long. I think it's already over 100 pages. It's almost a novella, really. Mm -hmm. But I think that that could have been worked into a novel. And conversely, I would say, I think the opening part of Cell would have worked better as a short story I agree. than mm-hmm. the rest of the events that happen once they leave that yeah. specific attack area. That's that so, getting lost in the concept, I think. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Um, Deanna. My first pick was the night flyer because mm, yeah. after watching the adaptation, I kind of grew to love that story a little more and I covered everything based on collection. So I didn't dive too deep into a ton of the stories, but just based on everything that happens in that one, I felt like there was definitely more you could dig into with it in different directions you could go to sort of explain things a little more. So that that one was my pick. Sweet. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think when Mac and I did the movie episode last year, we were kind of laughing at like that there's so much more story in the movie <laughs> than mm-hmm. you get. And it's like, why, you know, yeah, there's, there is stuff that you do. Randall. Uh, my answer is simple. The man who would not shake hands, uh, just so we could get a novel about the club, uh, mm. which we also see in the breathing method. Mm-hmm. It's a very creepy place and something I find very interesting. So, uh, I always wanted kind of a more deeper exploration of that. So that is my answer. Nice. Nice. Well, I feel like, I kind of feel like I've answered this question a couple of times in bag of bones in the past, but, um, I feel like it always changes. Um, but I lately have really been thinking about like what King would have done uh, with the walking dead, uh, because Darabont had said before he actually ultimately left in season two, that he was been talking to King 
about him doing an episode for the show. And if you think about it, like, you know, despite working so heavily with, you know, like George Romero and like Tom Savini and all, King's kind of found an interesting workaround on delivering the straight up zombie. You know, like he, you know, Cell, as we've talked about, you know, comes close. Um, Pet Cemetery, technically, you know, there are zombies, but they're, you know, it's a little different. Um, and I, honestly, the only stra straightforward zombie tale that, you that I can really like think of, um, again, haven't read everything. So, you know, apologies if I'm fucking up here, but um, is Home Delivery, like, which is one of my favorite stories from Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And that was the one that was taken from the Romero collection um, that, uh, you know, was supposed to be canon in George Romero's world. And I just feel like that could have been something like that could have definitely been a novella. Like, I feel like you could have gone a little bit longer, given us, given us something like akin to something like 1922 or the mist where you get to a little bit, you get to know a little bit more of the Island, which, um, Oh God, is it uh, Genesis, Genesalt, Jenny, Gen uh, whatever. Anyway, I'd like to know more. So mm -hmm. that would have been cool. And it would be nice to see like what he would do with, uh, you know, a little more time in the zombie trope, because that means the stand has a lot of the zombie tropisms to it with the breakdown of society. And so I'd kind of like to see him play with it a little bit more, because one of the things I love about King is his, a, his ability to kind of mine short stories from the most like minute, like from the, the, the greatest minutiae that you could think of. So um, mm -hmm. I feel like you'd do good there. Um, next question. Uh, from Wayne, not Wayne Coyne, not Wayne Campbell, Wayne DeGoldi. Who, Justin, do you want to ask this one? Sure. Director Alfonso Cuaron is making a short film from one of King's short stories, but has decided to film it using only one take. What story would you like to see done in this way? 1408. Ooh, damn, that would be wild. Because he's, he's there for, what, 70 minutes, I think it's established, right? So there you go. Mm. Oh, 70 man. minutes, 1408. Would it be like and found it's, footage? It's 15 minutes longer than host, which is technically a movie. Mm. So you could also mm. just say this is a movie and say, forget it, we're making a movie of 1408. Would he be on Zoom then? Like like a host? No, just have it in the room and just him just kind of walk around, figure things out. And then he's he's creative with the camera. I I, I trust he could do something with it. Well, maybe they could have some of the cast members from host. I, I would uh, I would, I would here's time. what here's something I will say. I would not want it to be on Zoom where him like, you know, recording with a Mm -hmm. his phone or something like that yeah. just have it be a just creatively like, shot movie like, you know hey uh I'm i like zoom i like post a lot let's not i'm not kidding like that'd be my fear like, hey oh uh, god imagine if it was john cusack doing it now though oh wow like, you know like, like jet he's sitting black there, hair like, like, uh, at 60 do you believe this trump guy he's just doing you know it's just going off like <laughs> anyway follow him on twitter he's great um i you know once a hunk <laughs> once a hunk now uh a nightmare to follow on Twitter. Now anyway, a um, a crank. Um, <laughs> Deanna, <laughs> what was your answer? I know this one has also been done before, but I would love to see something like this for the raft. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes. That would be uh, merciless. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine if you had just the full thing of the, uh, what was his name? The leg uh, getting sucked yeah. under oh, the yeah. Is it Deke? Deke's Deke. his name. Yeah, yeah he's like Deke. this right through. The practical effects there would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be really rough, especially if it's a one take. That'd be yeah. pretty intense. Uh, Jen. Grandma is mine. I you, think that uh, was ooh. same as 1408 could play yeah. out over like the course of time that he's there and just so atmospheric. Yeah, Oof, yeah that'd be a rough one. Uh, Randall. Uh, two words, the and ledge. Uh, from Night Shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so that's you all like, I got to say. You don't like the one with the guy from Airplane? 
I, I love oh. that one. It's my favorite movie, but I think uh, Alfonso Cuaron could do one, make it my second favorite. I, I, you know, there I think he probably could. I think he probably could. No, yeah, you know, hey, no offense uh, to Louis Teague. Louis Teague. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Cat's Eye. Sorry, I do. Like I, do. I do. Four stories a little rough, uh, but you know, it's fun. Um, I I thought I just thought of the Man with Flowers. I always thought that Damien Chazelle would be such a good director for this, but you know, I can't really think of too many one take stories. Obviously, everyone here did. Uh, but I all I all I could ever you know all I could ever think of is the man with flowers, just him wandering around, just like you know going through town, and you know no shade to Damien Chazelle, who's uh, one of my MVPs. Um, even though I didn't watch his new Netflix show that came out, and I say new as <laughs> in like I think it came out. That? I don't think anyone did. It came out like what two years ago. I don't even remember anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Not either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I would say I, I feel like Corone could pull it off, considering he's got he's like kind of the king of the one takes. I mean Roma, oof. Hell of, hell of a movie. Am I right? Um, no. You know? So yeah, that's the only one that comes to mind. And I, and I think that he would do really, uh, especially if you shot in like black and white, maybe like, maybe like pleasant build it, you know, mm. Put some color in there and stuff. But um, I digress again. Uh, Alex Harper, Randall, do you want to take this question? What three unconnected King novels, novellas, short stories do you think would make a good trilogy for whatever reason, thematically, subject matter, writing style, setting, et cetera, it's a tough question. Mm-hmm. I went with um, it, Christine, and Dreamcatcher because I was thinking about friendship. Uh, it mm. is friendship when you're kids, mm-hmm. Christine when you're teenagers, and then Dreamcatcher when you're adults. I think Aww. that's a running theme of of King grappling with those things. So, although I've uh, been a minute since I've read Dreamcatcher, so yeah, well, hey, that's right around the corner. <laughs> I haven't finished it. I started reading it about, I think. 20, 20 years, years ago, ago. yeah <laughs> it, so i don't think i finished it. it either uh yeah i hey. definitely watched the movie yeah which did not make me want to rush back and finish the book i no. can't wait so. for that episode i can't wait it's gonna be so justin what, what, what would you choose well i'll just give the first of all i'll give the lazy answer that's not even a lazy answer i think you, there's so many author books right mm-hmm. so you could do the shining misery dark half but my twist would be you would replace dark half with Lisey's story because i think Lisey's story is better than the dark half so why would you want to put the dark half in there mm-hmm. i gave a similar answer for one of the prompts um which was i think i called it the eclipse trilogy and it would have had uh dolores claiborne um uh gerald's game and then rose matter mm-hmm. and i gave this mm-hmm. pretty i thought pretty succinct explanation as to why but if you I were to give that as the answer, what's that? You can throw insomnia in it's there. Not, you could, you could, you could. I think, though, if I'm kind of cheating because technically two of those books are connected by an eclipse. So I, you know, <laughs> but that's those are those are kind of my answers, though. You could do so many multiple different ones for the um, like the author collection. Yeah. If you want to, you know, switch up between the real life horror and misery and the, mm-hmm. and the supernatural, the shining and, and whatnot. So I like that. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Deanna. So I love King's stories about kids. So for mm. me, it would be The Body, It, and then The Institute. Mm. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Still need to read The Institute. Yeah. I, I got about a fourth of the way through. Um, That's good. And then, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Why did but, they just call it the shop? I know. It's, <laughs> that He's was addressed the, it in an interview. Oh. Yeah. Did he say back off? <laughs> <laughs> And then he, he said, knock it off. And then he's like, he's like, get off of it. You know? Next question. Uh, 
He's like, hey, maybe you could go download my other book with the shop. It's called Firestarter. <laughs> maybe it's or, awesome. You know, it's maybe you can green like, what if he really is still trying to green light a second season for Golden Years? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for the mm. shop to, to come me. back. Put uh, in my veins. Uh, Silver yeah. Years. Silver Years. Starring Evan Hansen. Uh, Jen. <laughs> um. Well, I think the the easy answer for me is kind of what Justin was saying, the Eclipse trilogy, which I think I kind of con- included Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne as one mm-hmm. and then put Insomnia and Rose Matter. And I love all of those books. It's probably one of my favorite stretches of King. But I think like my challenge one, I put Pet Cemetery, Revival and Billy Summers. And my ah. theme was I think he's in those really examining death and what happens mm. when you die and how you continue to carry on. So. Mm. So well, you have one of the titles that I have because uh, I, I always love when we get these uh, these prompts about the compendiums mm-hmm. because the I think it's so ones. fun. I, I like packaging things together. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like I like to put things on the shelf. Um, so for me, it would be the Dead Zone, eleven twenty two sixty three, and Billy Summers, and not only because they all have snipers in them, but um, <laughs> because I feel like the, all three of them are a great showcase for King's greatest strengths as a writer, um, especially his penchant for uh, drama. And um, I also think they have his three strongest endings. Um, so I think that that's there's hey, you symmetry could, there. You could add Kane Rose up because it's also as a sniper. Oh, that is true. Yeah, there'll be like a little sliver in <laughs> the there like with a set. pamphlet, you know? Yeah. That'd be fun. Set. The sniper set. And they'll have like a... Um, all right, we're not going to go with this. Uh, we live in a world yeah, where I that. Yeah, anyway, I, I, I wasn't going to expand upon that. I was yeah, we, we, we don't need to. We'll keep going. Hey, Tiffany's got a question. Uh, Deanna, do you want to ask this next one? Sure thing. What Stephen King film or movie adaptation would you love to see or hear a John Williams score? Okay. So for me, I was thinking Firestarter for this just because I know there's a new one coming up. Not that he is doing this, but I just thought it would be very interesting to see how he handles the dynamics of that story through the score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I can see that. Justo. I have a Mrs. Todd shortcut. Oh, Ooh. because I think Williams does a really good job between kind of with horror, but then also like the whimsy, the whimsical mm-hmm. nature that Mrs. Todd's shortcut kind of goes into. Like it be kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why that would be my choice. Mrs. To- Mrs. Todd shortcut. Well, hey, I think that's a it's a good one. It'd be kind of like a score for always is uh, this the that's, hit night. Why well, would he be to play the fellow that goes off at the end? Yeah. Of the, the are you telling me that you want me to get in your car? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you? Um, <laughs> there are trees. There, Everyone in that car is going to die. There is something in your spokes. And I don't <laughs> think it's a dog. Um, <laughs> I'm now I'm dying to see Richard Dreyfus. I know, in, right? In Especially shortcut. now, uh, you know he's he's still got his badge on from like you know flashback or a weekend or something. But uh, Jen, um, uh, I love this Williams. question. I love John Williams. I'm a sucker for film scores, especially the smaltzy ones. And I picked eleven twenty two sixty three. I think he could really like yeah. like ring out the nostalgic like love. And I just imagine the pie scenes and the musical scenes with him composing the background. And then my second choice was Elevation, because I think that is just sad oh, yeah. and, and would be like right up his alley. I could see that. Randall. 
Uh, somebody actually, Mark just said it in the chat. He said the talisman. And uh, that was what I was yeah, thinking. Of yeah. I mean, not only has Spielberg been attached, of course, and Spielberg, of course, makes me think of John Williams, but it's like, uh, yeah, I just think that that kind of adventure, I guess mm -hmm. that's like what I associate with John Williams to some degree is uh, I'd love to hear him tackle that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really want John Williams to do any oh, Brian anymore. said it too. Mark <laughs> like, I, I just don't really want him. I think he's kind of done at this point. I think he's, <laughs> he's given us, he's given up his all. It's an amazing run. Probably one mm -hmm. of the greatest runs for composers, if not the greatest. I think we held a poll in my, my uh, previous uh, publication that uh, it was like, who's the greatest composer? And they all chose uh, uh, John Williams. So um, for me though, I, 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 I think they all chose Junkie XL. Junkie XL, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I love Fury Road. I do love Fury Road. Uh, I love... Not Zack Snyder's Justice oh, League. <laughs> not a fan there. I'm checking out. Um, but uh, so I, I think like if you look back though, if John Williams in the 70s and 80s, I think it could work. But the problem is, is that like with Williams, I'm not really into his dramatic stuff as much. I, like, I think he's great in Saving Private Ryan. I think he kind of gets, I think he's better when he's fantastical and whimsical, like what Jen was saying. And I, and I think that, you know, when you think of John Williams, you think of like, that's what we talk about when we're talking about the magic of the movies, right? Like this, like the, the ET score and, and uh, you know, Star Wars, Superman, like every fucking big theme is John Williams. But like, when you think about like Stephen King's work, he doesn't really have like too many works that could fill that capacity. Like his, they're, they're dour experiences most of the time. But like, so, you know, I, I had the talisman on there, but I also had the stand because I think of, you know, I talked about this in the crate episode for Jurassic Park, but like, I think, uh, which I still stand is, I think is William's best score front to back. I just think it's just amazing. But um, with Jurassic Park, I think you could get a lot of variations of like what his sound could be when he gets into the menace and the deception mm -hmm. of humanity. And I think he'd do a really fucking good job with the stand, even though I really love uh, Snuffy Walden's score, as I mentioned before, because I you know spent the better half of the weekend listening to the six tracks that he has on that album. Um, Anyway, so that's my long-winded answer. Um, unfortunately, Dave uh, Masson is not here because uh, he's overseas um, uh, in London town. So um, who wants to take Dave's question? It's a long one. Um, what are you I'll thinking? You want to go for it, Jen? Go for it. Yeah, okay. Um, slight digression, but stick with me here. I had a dream the other night that King revealed his final book would come out in 2024. That sounds like a nightmare to me. 50 years since the publication of his first. I also dreamed that said final book finished with the newspaper report from the start of Carrie about a rain of stones falling, cause a wheel and all that. But I didn't manage to dream what the actual book was about. So what do you think would make a great final King story and how would the plot spin out so it ended with that particular article and my answer stars my girl charlie who happens to stumble through the uh the the rabbit hole in 11 goes back to 1958 <laughs> hangs around for Very a while good. and scopes out a little street um where mrs white is about to have a baby mm. and she has the baby and Carrie or Charlie somehow manages to go snatch the baby, makes the stones rain down on the house, ending that wretched chapter of everyone's life, and then raises Carrie as her own daughter. The two take over the world, but with goodness. Oh, it's a real twist. <laughs> real twists. Uh, Randall. Um, I didn't go as in depth as Jen. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about like common themes, I think in King and if he was going to write a final book, like how might it end? And I was thinking about like 
I think sometimes he writes about like someone being destroyed by like a power that they have, like mm-hmm. a special power, whether it's to like or like them learning to control it to some degree. So I guess like I guess the cynical part of me was like, well, his final book would be someone being consumed or destroyed or ended by that special power. And I think uh, you know, something like that could naturally lead to stones falling from the sky <laughs> for some reason. So that's uh my answer. Nice, nice. Uh yeah, I I don't I don't uh I don't know. It's a uh... This is a hard one. Uh, this is a hard one. I'm going to hit the guy. Deanna. This is a very hard one. And I don't want it to be something that's full of Easter eggs just for the sake of being full of Easter eggs. I think Jen did a very nice job of thinking her idea through much more than <laughs> I did. But I would love to see something, you know, we've seen him revisit Danny Torrance 40 uh-huh. years later, you know, so it's not unthinkable that he could do that. But I would love to have it just be something as simple as someone goes back to that town that's been deserted all these years and sort of just finds that clipping on the ground mm. after, you know, going through this crazy thing that usually happens in Stephen King novels. And it could be someone who is not from that time period so they wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily understand what it even is that they're looking at but it just kind of ends on that mysterious note for the character i like that that's cool Mm -hmm. that's cool eerie i like it yeah i i I love the idea of like the the stumble upon is cool like i think that that's such a great horror trope that i you know you don't really see as much anymore but uh justin i think my answer i don't have a specific story in mind but i think the type of theme I would want to have would be something to be really based in reality, mm-hmm. you know, with no supernatural forces at all until the big reveal at the very end, when the stones start to come down, that this is where we actually are. And um, Pennywise is the one throwing it. And it's Pennywise, <laughs> no! the master of the, the, the universe, the galaxies. Um, Cause I actually, I do love, I know a lot of the people in the pod don't buy. I love all the King's Dominion stuff. I, I've always loved that growing up and, and going back and revisiting and discovering more connections like that. Um, uh, I guess I'm looking at it more of the lens of it's like that that Robert Pattinson movie, Remember Me? Oh, no. <laughs> when it's like this really trekly romantic drama. And at the end, you realize it takes place like the, the movie Zooms ends out. on 9-11 and he's in the tower or something like that. It's like, oh, my God. Something more successful than that movie was, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if the what Dark Tower of. ended and it was like the tower was 9-11? Yeah, it's like, oh, oh there man, were, it's like wild. actually Roland, there were two. And it's like, wait, uh, what? What? And then it's just a big reveal. Jesus. Yeah. What if what if uh, Billy Summers ended in, and it was Jeffrey Epstein as uh oh, um, no, right, would have well. loved it. Um anyway, um I I I don't know. I I, I feel like we kind of talked about this in the last bag of bones, but I really love the idea of um the sort of smorgasbord of strengths for King to kind of close out on, but something with like a little more, um, a little more plaintive, you know, a little more contained, a little more tranquil. Um, you know, it's funny. Cause like, I, I, you know, I talked about Billy Summers in the review and on the episode, but like, I do think that's like such a perfect ending because it's just like, it, it really is just like a summation of everything. Yeah, I still need to read that too. It's, I, it's great. I it's, I, I just was totally le- total left hook. Um, but with the thing that's, I was thinking about is that like, you know, Chamberlain, Maine, where, you know, David wants to go back to King himself hasn't really gone back there. I mean, he like, he mentions it in um, Salem's lot. And I think the body, um, and I feel like maybe it's in passing references for a couple other books that he has, but he has never really set something back there. And I always feel like Carrie is one of the stories that he's kind of set in another world. 
um, that's not, you know, linked to like the, the, you know, the King's Dominion as we know it. So it would be kind of cool for him. It would be like an interesting bookend to set something in Chamberlain that has nothing to do with Carrie and just happens to be something that you hear about towards the end or, you know, like, uh, I guess kind of like what they do with Split you know spoiler for a movie that's five years old now um <laughs> and at the end you kind of get that sort of link you're like oh but obviously there's a landing that's not as you know craggly as that was i don't know i again like i said last time i don't think he's ever going to have a, a last book in mind i think he's going to like just die at his typewriter and i'm mm-hmm. I think that's i think that's pretty fucking cool to be honest with you i think that mm-hmm. you know he's a workaholic and i love that about him so um i think whatever the bat last book is going to be it's going to be something like you know um you know, probably the 60th Holly Goodman story or something like that. But <laughs> let's go to 10. <laughs> Damien. Oh, man. Keely. Damien, I'll speak for you. Uh, and I hopefully your father doesn't get angry at me. <laughs> you know? uh, your father, Satan. Satan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after the Pound Geek Festival, that was Bag of Bones. I'm curious. <laughs> Have you guys got any examples of horny writing by King that is not cringe inducing? Is such a thing possible? Um, Can I give my answer real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Mine is just in parentheses. Let Mike discuss pet cemetery bathtub. Yes, <laughs> I said I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Bathtub, bathtub hand jobs, and Mel would back me up on this. So mm-hmm. it's true. I will also say, bag of bones for as cringy as a lot of that book is. We discuss on the episode that some of the pound cake actually, like the sex writing, isn't that bad on on bag of bones like there's the triple fuck dream which we discuss very much so in uh that book and except for the part when like uh mike noonan yells like fuck me you bitch or whatever he says uh it's actually pretty pretty uh decent sex writing i we we discuss that so it's actually (laughs) horny in compelling ways instead of just being like porny like a lot of times king writes like write sex like it's like um you know I don't know, like it's like a softcore porn or something. He does. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I appreciate um, a little bit of weirdness and nuance, which I think we get from Bag of Bones, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, have you ever had a moment when you're like doing notes and maybe in public and you're reading some of these passages and you're like, whoo, <laughs> you're like Ooh. looking around and you're like, you know, like, oh, there's someone looking at me, um, you know? Cause I, I kind of felt that way when I was watching Basic Instinct for Halloween, so I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is getting a little titillating for me. Um, <laughs> and I, I got to say, um, uh, Deanna, having gone through, you know, the, the beginning and the end of uh, at least where we are right now in King's Dominion, w- w- what are some nice pound cake moments for you? Honestly, quite a bit are cringe inducing. So yeah. <laughs> it was kind of hard to find something. But I think Jen and I talked about this a bit with 112263, just how that love story was told in a totally different way than a Mm -hmm. lot of King's other stuff. So it might not qualify entirely as horny writing, but I think that's definitely my favorite version of a love story from King by far. And it's not remotely cringy. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Jen? Um, bathtub loofah girl scout hand job from pet cemetery that's mine it's, also, it's that's, the best, the best. It's it so is good the best. yeah i remember reading that as a like a young teenager and thinking that's what marriage was gonna be <laughs> i just think it's, okay. it's 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 the short chapters that isn't there like a succession of mini chapters yes. with this happening i think it's just that that breakdown is is always funny to me that's that's what started the whole pound cake thing to begin with mm. yeah, yeah it did you know? yeah would we say eleven twenty two sixty three is good pancake though, or is that just 
to tongue. It's sweet. It's sweet pound cake. It is sweet pound cake. Yeah. yeah. There's also a moment in Billy Summers that is a little hot towards the beginning. You know. Is yeah. The yeah. No. Well, there's this huge <laughs> giant orgy in Billy Summers. There's like I knew four it. orgy scenes in Billy Summers. I know. All unrelated. It's I, bizarre. Yeah. I hesitate to bring it up because the other ones are not hot at all. <laughs> well, there's like the huge. There's like this big scene. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'll, I'll 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 digress a little bit. But there's a huge scene where like Billy does this like big line. And he's just like, all right, who am I gonna fuck next? And like, you know, and like it's only like thirty pages into the book, and we're just kind of like, it's a little like wild. They're like, wow, are we supposed to really like this guy? Who am I gonna um, fuck next? Oh, yeah, Billy sounds like a pretty good hang. Yeah, that know. would be that would that'd be Richard Bachman's Billy Summers, but uh, it's a real wild night. Uh, does anyone else have any other pound cake? No, no other pound cake. That's I mean, it. That's Pet Cemetery right. wins in out. In terms of like, we, the, we whole, I wouldn't Lufa. say it wins. I just said uh, let you discuss it. Let you defend <laughs> yeah, the it. Whole pound cake <laughs> section in the Discord. Lots of that good is stuff. true. That is true. Right. Okay. Well, we got one last question from Ivan Prushnok. Deanna, why don't you close this out? Will do. Do you think Stephen King has read every Dean Koontz book? <laughs> I haven't read a single one. My mom also had a bunch of these, and I was like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> take him or leave him <laughs> wise choice <laughs> so i think he's definitely read at least a few out of curiosity because we all know king loves to read and he pretty much blurbs everyone's book if they ask so <laughs> i think he's definitely done a, a little research in that department but probably not everything yeah yeah i i feel like he's curious enough where he at least had, has had to have read like one or two you know, I was he, gonna say if he read all of them, we'd get tweets about it, and we don't get tweets about it. So, uh, so I think he's at least read Watchers. You know, everybody's read Watchers. And oh, here's a pre-Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dade Randall, Jeff has a question for you, uh, Jeff Clutterbuck. Um, if the king of uh, is the master of horror, what nickname does uh, Kuntz deserve? The, uh, the court, the court jester. <laughs> nice nice also svenguli uh is the is court spelled with a k <laughs> oh. uh all right so what else do we do we think do we all just agree that he's probably read a, you know oh i said he's a red he's, he's read at least three yeah he's I definitely read at least three just to make oh. sure this made me think of my summer olympics boyfriend michael phelps who kept a picture of ian thorpe in his locker to Love make phelps. him swim faster so i think he reads them all and That's i think he I puts heard. all of the <laughs> I think he puts all of the covers of the books in the locker room of his writing studio to make him be better because, you know, you got to know your enemy. Do you think he tokes up when he reads it like Michael Phelps totally. does? Uh, no, not still... anymore. He's clean now. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm that was here. such a funny scandal. What a ridiculous scandal. Like, to, be look, fair, I, to be fair, I do have a I, right now. I've got actually got a, a screen grab I took of the guy from Dead Meat <laughs> right over here. The Dead Meat podcast to oh, nice. make sure I you know keep my eye on the prize and nice. well yeah. you know it'd be, it'd be the best i can be too you know we got to be the best that we can be um i always I, that what is that was a really ridiculous uh you know controversy as a as a former varsity swimmer who has uh gotten stoned before practice worst idea ever yeah. like it literally feels like a six-hour fucking practice and you go <laughs> slow so the fact that M michael phelps who was already a god in my book mm. Yes. Greatest athlete of all time, in my opinion. Um, Lord. Yeah, I wow. just love well, him. my book is the Bible, which we discussed earlier. <laughs> well, so I'm not well, sure what look, you're talking about. The Bible's about. a great guy, and JC's a cool cool dude, too. But uh, <laughs> the Bible's a great guy. <laughs> any other thoughts on Kuntz? You know? uh, Brian's uh, got his hand up. Brian, oh, what's Brian, up, man? go for it. All right. So I might be uh, remembering this wrong, but there's a, a 
anecdote that Owen King wrote about how his dad used to have him and Joe record audiobooks for Steve to listen to mm-hmm. when they were kids. And I swear to God, I think I remember Owen talking about how he got handed the assignment to do all the Dean Koontz books. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there may be like cassette recordings of a young Owen King reading Dean Koontz books for I love Stephen it. to read, to listen to. You're listening and you have them, give them to us. Yeah. Bring I'm, us the tapes. Oh, I'm tell a, me I'm your least favorite only. child without telling me I'm your least favorite child. Release you, the tapes. Do you think it- I know one of them had to read Dune for him. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That is long. Wow. I would love to hear that. I'm sure sure King was perfectly sober, too, reading, listening to this. Oh, I'm sure. Do you think there's a point in, like, the 80s um, where, like, King is driving down, you know, the the I-4 in, like, Los Angeles or something? Uh, Not I-4, whatever the, the, whatever the The highway. The the, the I-4 is. 405? Oh, he's in the 405, yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, he gets pulled over by another car, and it's Kuntz, and he's like, you want to get a coffee and they go and find oh. some like, you know, coffee shop together and they're just sitting there and they're just like talking about writing, you know, for like two or three hours. Uh, I, I know. I, I feel like they've, they've had to have hung out before and just chat one on one. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you're saying it's like the scene from heat. It is the scene from heat. <laughs> you pick Coons up the fucking reference. Stephen King. Everything goes back to heat. It always goes back to heat. Um, that is a meme, by the way. I am absolutely fucking making that one. Um, can't believe no one's done that before. But uh, maybe they have Stephen King memes. Make it happen. Um, look, this has been fun. Um, Deanna, what's next for Chat Cemetery? Now that you have you know six hundred episodes bottled <laughs> and archived, ready to go. Lots of editing is what I have up next. But <laughs> over on my Patreon, I'm covering the comics. So I've covered N. I've covered American Vampire. I'm running through the Dark Tower and the Stand comics right now, which mm. are surprisingly very, very good. I was pleasantly surprised by that. And I'll be doing Sleeping Beauties. I've added some more stuff. I'm going to go through and do some of the TV episodes. So like the Twilight Zone's grandma and, you know, basically sort of the one-off things. Thank you, Bryant. Bryant is also a Patreon supporter of mine, mm-hmm. and he has been very helpful with finding all of these little random things that I can cover that I didn't even know about. So that is what I'll be focusing on for the next three and a half months or so, or until I finish them, whichever comes first. But yeah, I'm just going to kind of s- slow down a little and take a break because comics are at least easy to get through, unlike yeah. 1100 page novels <laughs> yeah we just we just uh started uh i mean now when this episode drops you will have uh, been able to listen to the dark tower detour which is uh dan flieger's uh uh dark tower uh, you know sidecast and uh they just uh discussed um the battle of jericho um which so they go into in depth in that so yeah we are going to be going into the dark tower comics a little bit more i remember reading them when they first dropped um and this is before I read the Dark Tower, so I was like, I was like, I remember, I just like loved all King, Stephen King stuff. I was just like, what the fuck's going on in this comic? Um, so I need to revisit those uh, for sure. But uh, uh, Jen, psychoanalysis, what's next? 
Um, well, we just this morning recorded a big old episode on Cape Fear. Our October theme is psychopaths and psychopathy. So we are covering that one. And then we are actually going to do a comfort horror episode on Pet Cemetery. So oh. stay tuned for that. And then our second psychopath episode is going to be Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, so. it's a fun, Hell yeah. fun, fun movie. Saturday, breezy <laughs> day watch. Feel good or off. It's a, yeah. It's so. a really good it's a fun movie. Maniac. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of maniacs and uh, speaking of uh, scummy rentals, uh, Justin, what's going on over speaking at Halloween? Speaking of maniacs and scum, Justin, scum, yeah. what do you, what's going up next? Yeah, uh, what's- October is going to be all Halloween franchise all the time for Halloweenies. Yeah, uh, we'll wild. be covering the much-anticipated Halloween kills <laughs> in mid-October. <laughs> We're doing a commentary for one of the 85 Halloween twos out there, but we're doing the 1981 <laughs> Halloween two. And we're going to be doing some, possibly some live watch stuff with mm-hmm. Halloween 2018. There's a look. There's a lot. If you like the Halloween movies, you should join the <laughs> Patreon also, which is patreon.com backslash Halloweenies pod. So there you go. And Randall, you got a busy October coming around because uh, you got yeah. a side pod yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm also on a bunch of these episodes too that Randall's going to talk about. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's LC, obviously. We have a lot coming up, Storm of the Century. Um, and uh, when, wait, God damn it. I always get something wicked this way comes. Something wicked. I always say wind through the <laughs> yeah. willows. Like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. The dance classic. macabre classic uh, oh, reference, The Wind of the Willows. I, I always get those titles mixed oh, up. I'm sure he does. He's just like, you know. Um, yeah. And then I'm actually really stoked. We got a, a new archives episode. We're going to be talking about King's garbage truck, which was the uh, column he wrote in co- for his college newspaper. We're going to be kind of reading a sampling of those and just discussing sort of King, the journalist, King, the opinion columnist. It'll, it's be, a lot. it'll, it'll be fun to sort of dig into all of that. I'm really looking forward to that. And then, um, yeah, we got a midnight mass episode coming this Friday. We've watched it. We want to talk about the King connections. And we also uh, just want to talk about the series in general, because it's, it's, it's a really interesting uh, series. I, I have a lot to say about it and, and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be cool. And um, yeah. And what else do we have, Mike? We've got. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're going to be doing some, the, the creep show stories for the next, uh, for the archive episode after that. Um, we what have, about October? So yeah, for an October, that is the one that we're doing for uh, for Creep Show. Um, so the Creep oh. Show would, yeah, because the the cute garbage truck. We're a little late on September. Uh, uh, you know, um, we we put so we push it back in October. We get a little, too, you know, you're getting some uh, some close ones there. But um, we're also going to be doing. We're going to be talking about the X Files Chinga, uh, which is going to be, you know, this is that'll be fun uh, to discuss. Uh, and then um, we're also going to be doing a commentary for Pet Cemetery. So yeah, you know. Big months. Lots of stuff. Lots and then of stuff also, um, we have a side. Mel Castle and I are doing a spinoff pod uh, called um, 30 Days of Halloween Hell with Randall and Mel. And we're talking about, uh, we're each going to try to watch a movie, a horror movie a day in October. And we're going to basically talk about the movies we watch, but also a uh, just sort of, I think the mind like like watching a movie a day like a horror movie a day is not something mel and i typically do so we're probably going to be discussing just the general process of that as well but it's going to be a just a cool venue for us to just riff on horror lots of recommendations i think will come out of that movies you haven't seen we're we're doing a good mix i think of old and new and different genres and different eras and different um uh, styles of horror so i think it's going to be really really fun we're going to drop the first batch of movies um pretty soon probably this week yeah so. yeah so we got that yeah because the they're 
to be replacing the Patreon prompts that we would do on a week to week basis. So, yeah. So you'll have access to them as, as patrons. Uh, yeah. They'll be out. Yeah. It'll be fun. This will be fun. Lots of spooky stuff coming up. Um, Jesus Christ. It never ends with a, uh, with horror. Am I right? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> It's like it's it's kind of like you know pizza and horror movies. You know, is there anything? You know, for better? me, Mike, for me, Halloween's year round. It, it really is. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like maybe I shouldn't take down the decorations after yeah. October. You know, yeah. I, I should probably keep them up. You um, keep it in your heart all the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Jeff uh, uh, recommended. I actually have an interesting uh, question here uh, for Deanna. Jeff recommended you guys should do uh, a commentary track that's commenting on the chat cemetery episode of Pat <laughs> cemetery. Deanna, do you approve? Is that okay? If we, if we, if we did end up doing that or if we you need your master point tapes. out all of the things I forgot to mention, please <laughs> feel free. I went through these at such a wild pace that I'm just like, sometimes I'll finish an episode and I'll be like, yep, I did not mention that thing at all. <laughs> and that's, how, uh. that's how it goes. <laughs> Well, b- before we go, tell us, uh, tell the listeners where uh, they can find you on socials. Yeah. So chat cemetery, Instagram and Twitter are probably going to be the most active. My Patreon is patreon.com backslash Deanna Chapman. Cause it's for both of my shows technically, but it's mostly chat cemetery content right now, because like I said, I'm tired and doing <laughs> two weekly podcasts was hey. a lot during this process. Yeah. I was talking with one of my friends the other day and she was like, how did we convince you to watch six seasons of Lost while you were doing a Stephen King podcast? <laughs> oh, and I was like, I don't know. I really yeah. don't, but it happened. So It, it is weird how those binges happen. Um, yeah. Having just finished all 10 seasons of uh, The Walking Dead, much to the chagrin of my, my friends, um, <laughs> they, they all think less of me and don't want anything to do with me anymore. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, I understand. I sympathize. And look, when you pod, we pod and we <laughs> yes. go along and it is always tiring. It is always exhausting, but is always enlivening. And it's why I get up in the morning because I like to hit record and I like to get behind the mic. And we all do this over long days. And pleasant, pleasant night. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. But you know you want somebody to treat you good. This is the end of our show. For now. Tune in next week. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.